Welcome to Business Magic with Maggie Gila, making your business feel and work like magic for you and those you want to impact. Turns out you don't need a wand, you need a strategy. You're listening to a series I did called The Strategy Sleepover, where I invited some of my past micro-launch students and mastermind clients to talk about how they have simplified their businesses. If you're interested in learning more about the micro-launch method, my flagship course on how to market and sell your offers in three weeks or less, go to maggiegill.com slash micro-launch. Now, on to the episode. Hey, hey, Maggie here, and I'm so excited for this panel, The Ambitious Launcher. So if you fill out the quiz, The Ambitious Launcher is the kind of person, well, it's not actually The Ambitious Launcher. The actual secret title is The Overly Ambitious Launcher. (laughs) Yeah, I don't tell you guys that. But that's very much based on me as well. And I want to talk um, to Mark and Adana here today about how they balance being The Ambitious Launcher with everything else they want to do. So Adana, do you want to introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Adana Bancoli, and I help businesses and entrepreneurs grow and scale by managing change and business planning. Love it. Margaret? My name is Margaret Sapp. I'm an intentional creativity coach, and I'm guiding high achievers to pace themselves and to listen to their inner voice. I love that. Okay, so you're both from very, very different backgrounds. You're doing something very different. Sorry, no, you're from very similar backgrounds, both in the corporate world, but you're doing things that are very, very different. So I'm excited about this conversation to see how do you view things similarly or differently. So one of the first things I ask all panelists is, since this is a strategy sleepover, is what is your top tip for keeping things simple? Adana? My top tip for keeping things simple, and this is to myself as well, is don't wait for everything to be perfect. You know, if you've got, I'd say actually, if you've got 60% of it there, you know, feel confident and, you know, go ahead, do your launch or whatever it is your big idea is. And what you can then do is take the lessons and the learnings from, you know, that time around and then, you know, use that, you know, the next time that you you try or you go. But yeah, instead of waiting for things, procrastinating and overthinking, which I'm very good at, and waiting for things to be perfect, I would say, yeah, that that's not the way to go. And that doesn't help you learn and move forward. I love that. And that topic, these topics have come up so much on pretty much all the panels hmm. so far. And it's something like, you know, I'm a, was a massive overthinker. You just have to kind of realize you pull yourself out of that rabbit hole, right? Yeah, definitely. Margaret, how about you? Well, I learned to simplify along the way by scheduling just three, really only three key topics per week. Um, I had long lists of uh, all kinds of things I wanted to achieve and I never got to it. And now I just schedule three main things. The rest of the time is filled up by other stuff that needs to happen anyway. And I, um, of course, I have a year plan, but I focus on three months uh, chunks, 90 days sprints. And within those sprints, uh, I learned from you, Maggie, uh, how to launch um, when you want to launch uh, within three weeks, more or less. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I love that because (laughs) that's my method. But um, and I found that, you know, for people who are overly ambitious, like I'm definitely self-professed overly ambitious, having things in shorter sprints makes it a lot more manageable. Yeah. Because like 
I feel like what I feel I can do over six months, I'm going to say I could do all these like 12 massive projects in six months. That's so much time. When you break it down into like two weeks, three weeks, or even, you know, six week plans, you're like, actually, no, because I have this to do. I have to walk the dog. I have to, you know, pick up the kids from school that weekend we're away. And the time becomes a lot more real almost, you know? And then don't forget as well, you know, they're the things that you don't plan for because, you know, that's that's life. So, you know, you have your plans and your schedules and, you know, the things that happen. And, you know, don't forget, we are living, you know, and all, you know, trying to thrive in the middle of a pandemic. So, yes, you know, we all I think we all kind of overestimate what we can achieve, particularly in this season. And we don't take into account, you know, all the things that are going on at the moment with our lives and our homes, you know, with our health you know, with ourselves and our families as well. And yeah, at the moment in particular, I think it's it's nice to leave some space for, for life to happen. Yeah. And what do you do with that space, Adana? With that space, to be honest, myself at the moment, just giving myself learning how to be. And that might not make a lot of sense, but I'm usually one of these people who's got a full schedule every single day, every week, every month. And, you know, and... It's just, yeah, at the moment, I'm sort of allowing myself time. And you know what? If nothing happens to fill up that time, it's fine. You know, just learning to go for a walk or just give myself some thinking time, which, yeah, I haven't historically been used to. But I think at the moment, definitely learning how to do that and be kinder to myself. I know that's one of those, um, yeah, popular phrases, but I'm, I'm definitely learning how to do that at the moment. I think that's a popular phrase for a reason. Mm. especially right now, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm like, you know, oh, I have time on calendar. Cool. I'll do these three projects in that (laughs) half an hour, whatever. Right. (laughs) I'm very good at filling things up. And I realized like in order to move towards my next level, whatever that, whatever that looks like, I actually need creative space. I need mental space. I need white space. I need, and I just need to be, if that means like reading a book or going on a walk, and not with this constant, as much as I love, like, my computer and video games and all that stuff, you need to be away from mental stimulation because that yeah. helps your brain connect the dots. And I think that's a really nice segue into marker because this is part of your area, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really. I, I mean, it, it is so important to, as you say, Adana, to be and to lean into the right side of your brain because we're also, well, we're tensed, we're thinking, we're productive, we want to... Check off uh, things, and it's very, very important to try to work as a whole brain. I mean, and uh, that you can really achieve by relaxing into a more creative sphere. It can be music, it can be dancing, using the body, even walking in the woods. Uh, the way you cook, I mean, you can do it very pragmatic and <laughs> efficient, but you can also try to enjoy or at least observe the colors, and of course, painting, drawing. Um, we, we tend to think that, it, that we always need to create uh, masterworks, but that's, of course, not true. I mean, uh, just a little silly drawing uh, can be hugely beneficial. I find that like, I started drawing more on my iPad um, yeah. with the pandemic and just like, honestly, just like picking pretty colors and just like doing this. <laughs> that, it wasn't even a drawing. It was just like yeah. putting colors on paper, but that motion got really meditative and I could just like literally, I would just stop because I got ideas and I would off, go off and do them. Yeah. Yeah. It's where it, it really works like this. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So Adana, um, one of the things we talk about here is marketing and 
people who are, you know, in your category, overly ambitious or ambitious, we want to do all the things at the same time and perfectly. And we're very good at looking at like someone who is, you know, five, 10 years ahead of us has a full-time team of, you know, six employees and go, I should be doing what they're doing. Do you have that? Does that resonate with you? Do you have that? And how do you deal with these kinds of feelings? I suppose it has done in the past. And do you know what? I'll, I'll put down a, put a lot of that down to, I suppose, social media and, and, you know, online life. And it's, you know, you kind of take where you are at the moment and how you're feeling. And for instance, if I was to come across, let's say, Margaret's business website or her social media pages, you know, so you're, conf- you're comparing one snapshot with another. But, you know, I have no idea what Margaret is going through or, you know, or what she's done to get where she is. So a lot of times where, you know, we're comparing apples with oranges and, you know, I would say we probably shouldn't be comparing at all. Um, so I think for me, it's a, it's a constant reminder that, do you know what, where I am is, is okay. It's enough. And that's not to say that I'm, I'm not ambitious and that I don't want more and I don't want to achieve more. But actually, you know, what I'm doing right now is right for me, you know, and what Margaret is doing right now is, is fine for her. Yes, you know, definitely, you know, I'm sure that she is inspirational and can inspire me in different ways. But, you know, to sort of just compare without actually knowing the detail of what's going on is a big mistake, which I think we all fall into, particularly in these days of social media. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on the same page there. Margaret, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think also, I think it's Roosevelt, right, who said the comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's devastating. I Actually, I, I never really suffered from it, luckily. Um, maybe because I used to work also for big um, brands that are very solid. They're, those are big boats, and it doesn't serve at all to look what competition is doing as you do it, but to to be, like you say, Adana, to be inspired by it, to say, like, wow, that's really cool. Could we do something similar? Yeah, maybe, but totally in our own way and never have it leading your direction by by what the competition is doing. And I think um, now these days there are great mentors out there. Also, for example, great art teachers. I mean, there are plenty of people who are far better than I am, but I, I created my own services that are totally in line with who I am, what I want to bring out in the world, and it's unique. And I think, like, Adana, you said it beautifully, that counts for everybody, right? I mean, take competitors as an inspiration. Thank them for their brilliant ideas. Use them to your advantage positively, but don't make yourself uh, smaller than you need to be because no need. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I I think, like, and I love that you both sound quite, like, beyond that comparison. I know I was like quite deep in that comparison stage of the first two years of starting my business. And um, it's something I, I pull myself back from, but I've, I found it like the correlation, the more time I spend scrolling Instagram, the worse I feel about myself and what I'm doing. The more time I spend like going for walks and thinking and journaling and writing and brainstorming and filling my office walls with post-its, <laughs> the more I think I'm amazing <laughs> and the more I actually do stuff. And, and you need that kind of yeah. You know, I obviously I teach a lot about strategy and tactics and what to do, but part of this is also really having confidence and belief in yourself that you can do this so that you can take that action that you want to. Yeah, and I think yeah. learning indeed from from how others are doing it is great. I mean, uh, 
that's why we we signed up for your for your method because I mean I could have maybe have even have invented it myself, but I didn't want to invent it myself. I wanted to hire you <laughs> to just tell me to 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 use it and to cut through it and and apply it to the business, which helps me in my ambition. Uh, it doesn't even mean that I could not have, yeah, as I say, um, thought out of it myself. But I think it's great. I saw you. I, I believe in what you do, and up, I'm ready to invest in it, use it, <laughs> yeah, and great. You know, I mean, and I think I think for me as well, the thing is about being really intentional as well. You know, again, particularly with social media, yes, you know, be mindful of how much time you spend on there. But I think as well. You know, the people that you interact with on there and that you follow on there, you know, I've made some really great, I've built some really great friendships, you know, whether, you know, from a business professional or personal friendships on social media, but being really conscious of, you know, who you, you know, who you follow, who you interact with, who you connect with. For me, I think that that is really important and sort of feeds into the whole thing around comparison and just in general about your you know your ambitions and people that you can help on their journey through life and business and vice versa yeah I think that starts getting really beautiful at a certain point in your business where you realize okay I no longer I'm no longer freaking out every month if my business can be success or not like it's okay it's, there's yeah. things are moving yeah. who can I help pull up Mm-hmm. right how you know and that doesn't have to be financially it could be with advice with with you know some tips with a resource that you've used yourself yeah um and that's one of my favorite things about this journey that you know because people helped me out when I was starting out of course yeah yeah well can I say <laughs> yeah go for it I also really before before I started my own business I never was on social media because I, I just I had too many other nice things to to do and I, I really have to say that or admit almost that I, I almost got onto social media because I want to build an online business yeah. and um, I totally agree with both of you that it's just that there's such beautiful relationships to build I never could have imagined this a few years ago when I started and I, I'm I'm truly in, impressed by the generosity and the, oh, yeah, the how do we? What's kinship? Is that a good mm-hmm. word, word? Right? Like, it, it really feels good. I mean, and if you focus on those, I mean, it's just amazing. It <laughs> you is can only grow, especially as women. I think, yeah, it is, and it, it's like you know the relationships I've given me so much, but they've also um, they do sometimes trigger me. Not like so much friendships, so much, but like the other people I look at, I'm like, oh. There's a space I can go to. There's space they're in that I can grow into. So I say yeah. trigger like in a not necessarily negative way here, but just, you know, inspiration. Sure. But that yeah. brings me back to the idea of, of ambition, right? If you're looking at mm. you as an ambitious individual, right? That's why we're having this conversation. How do you balance ambition and your vision, like the things that you want with, you know, your sanity, not working 12 hour days all the time and just keeping things simple? How do you find that balance? Donna? So for me, you know, and I talked about the pandemic, and I think particularly in this season, I'm, I've been forced for a number of reasons just to learn to pace myself. And you mentioned, Margaret, about, you know, maybe looking at the number of things that you take on in a week. So in my journal, I do this thing where every day I kind of write down three things that I'm grateful for and three things that I'm going to 
achieve that day you know that you know that sort of feed into my business now previously my to-do list for the day would have had yeah between 10 and 20 things <laughs> only <laughs> but you know but now I'm saying do you know what these are the three top priorities that I need to get done today if anything else gets done that's fine but these are the three and it just for me it takes the pressure off because there's something about once I have that list written down in my notebook or on my phone you know, I need to tick everything off. But just saying to myself, you know what, Adana, just three things really helps. And it also helps focus my mind on what my priorities are, you know, takes away the distractions and then helps me, yeah, focus on my, on my priorities. And it means, actually, I know the things that I have to say no to. So, you know, someone invites me to do something which, you know, something else you know sounds fantastic or for instance if I hear that Maggie has an email list of 50,000 subscribers and I suddenly think oh you know I should start building my email list actually that's not a priority for me today this week or this month so yeah you know and I I wouldn't say that I've got the balance 100% right just yet but you know those are some of the things that the tools that I'm using at the moment to to try and make sure that I'm living a, a life that's balanced. Let me ask you a follow-up question on this. So you say, oh, let's say Maggie had, you know, you see Maggie has 50,000 email. I do not, but let's say. Um, And how do you then go, that's not a priority, actually? How do you know that? How do you make that decision, that distinction? So I'll start by saying that sometimes in the past, I would have thought, okay, do you know what? I need to do that. I need to get on that. And I start making moves to do that. But actually, I think I have at times picked up things like that and just find that I can't follow through, which is a struggle for me because I'm the kind of person I need to follow through on things. But I think, yeah, having made a couple of mistakes in the past, it's really just helped me hone in on what I'm focused on. What I do right now is, you know, again, you know, I do I do business planning for businesses and small businesses in particular. So I definitely apply that to myself. So my plan for the year and especially for the quarter, I know those things that I'm focused on. So as an example, building my email list is not one of them. It might be in Q3 or Q4, but for Q1, it's not one of my priorities. So as interesting and sexy as it might seem to have 50,000, you know, email subscribers and start building my list, I just know that's not something I can give my energy to right now. Love that. Thanks for sharing. And I think this is something that so many of us yeah. get stuck on and struggle with. Margaret, how about you? How do you balance ambition between and simplicity? Yeah, I'm also very clear on my year goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really take time to put those down. And then I, I, I'm almost meditating on them, <laughs> listening, because so that I because I want to flow through the year in alignment. Well, because we're always derailed somehow one way or the other. So I really sit down with which are the ones that I really want to do because they sustain my mission or because I think there's this need out in the in, in world. And then... Um, Every month, I do a proper monthly review, and I really look again to these 12, 15 year goals. Um, and I say, oh, uh oh, <laughs> and I already feel because there's always something that's totally forgotten or not touched upon at all. Um, but it's the monthly check ins, basically, like what Adana says. I mean, but having clear where you want to. Yeah, what you want to achieve throughout the years and knowing up front that of these 12, 15 year goals, I'm happy if I achieve 75%. I, mm. I mean, I, 
I don't really, I, I calculated it already, basically, because I know that I'm not going to make, <laughs> make it. Yeah, I still have sometimes shiny object syndrome. I'm a, I'm a huge edu-questionator if I see something else, or now I'm, I, I, I was fully into neuroscience. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, you can dive into topics, and I also want to grant myself this to be able to do this, because it's fueling my intellect, and it also helps one way or the other. I don't know, always know how the services I bring out. So, yeah, that's interesting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm also like, I love to learn. Um, I was just saying to, to Adana earlier, like I'm currently learning about scrum and project management and things like that. Um, but one thing that, that helped me get over this, like perfectionism overachiever, want to be overachiever phase over ambitious was something what you said about 75% of my goals. So I, I was struggling a lot with email marketing because like everyone's saying, oh, you have to email at least once a week. And that really freaked me out because, yeah. you know, historically, I've not been very good if someone tells me I have to do something consistently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I said to myself, okay, the goal is four times a month, right? Ideally, at least three times a month. So if I can just email my list three times a month, we're good, which is actually 75 Yes, I really think it's important. And, and Adana, maybe you even know more about this, but it's important to give yourself this space. What's the right word, right? To, to be realistic. I, I've set unrealistic goals for a very long time because just by enthusiasm, by motivation, by oh, all these ideas, it's, too, it's just too much. It's just not possible. <laughs> I mean, making graphics or text, sometimes it just takes much longer. And, uh, and, and I think, yes, it's important to, to read suddenly a, a, an article on a topic that you stumble upon and it has nothing to do maybe with your business. But somehow, yeah, it's good to know it, to read it at that moment and just grant yourself that time. This brings us to a really interesting topic. How do you know if the goal you're setting is realistic or unrealistic? How do you know? I suppose there is an element of trying it, trying it out and seeing. But one of the things that I definitely recommend, um, you know, particularly for, you know, small businesses or entrepreneurs is have what you, what I call like a, a worst case scenario in terms of your goals, you know, and then, you know, something that's in the middle and a best case scenario so that you know that, you know, in terms of your worst case scenario, so for instance, Maggie will, you know, if we continue using the sort of email marketing analogy, you know, if worst case scenario, if you only email your list twice a, a month, so, you know, every fortnight roughly, is that okay? You know, I would say maybe it is. So, you know, that's your worst case scenario, doing it once or twice a month. And the best case scenario is to do it four times a month. But, you know, even by doing achieving your worst case scenario, you're still you're still achieving a lot more than if you didn't do anything at all or if you did it only once. So I think sort of thinking about, you know, if if I didn't do as well as I expect to, would I still be, you know, whatever it is, would I still be hitting my goal in some way? Would I still be breaking even? Would I still be making a profit? And then also, you know, you you test and you learn as you go along. So the first time you know, as you say, the goals might not be entirely realistic, or they might be, you know, it might be that you need to make them a little bit more ambitious Then the next month or the next time around, then you can, you can adjust things, but there is testing and learning involved, I think. 
Absolutely. And I think this is something also especially prevalent when we talk about launching, right? For, mm-hmm. for your actual sales goals. If you mm-hmm. talk about micro launching using my method, if you talk about launching whatever that looks like to you, however you market and sell something, that is where I think it's so important to have good, better, and best goals. Yeah. Right. Like I call them like my good goal, my um, what I call it? I have a term. I, I, I like lost it now. I know my top one is the OMG goal. <laughs> Right. So I've got like my good goal, my happy dance goal. And then like my, I am going to freak out if this actually happens goal, (laughs) which is then like my actual goal. But this way, what you've said is, so sometimes like when I'm in the past, I've gone a lot better at this, but in the past, if I got into this like overly ambitious state and I saw, I'm not even going to come close to my goal because it was like wildly unrealistic or something, I would want to freeze and give up. Yeah. And which is not productive, like in the long run for anyone involved. Right. And having these like layered goals, then you're like, oh, well, yeah, fine. I'm not going to hit that top one. Maybe because it was unrealistic, but I can't come close to the bottom one, which will be good enough for me. Yeah, exactly. And then you learn from that and learn how to improve that the next time. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit more intuitive on this one, I think, because... um, I'm not so good in numbers. It's kind of Excel and all these things. It's kind of stressing me out. And I, I even bought a course now on how to deal with money, <laughs> money mindset, that kind of thing. I think I need to get better in this because my time and the, the return on investment from time and energy versus what's coming in, it's not it's not equal. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but the thing is that, um, well, one of my strengths maybe is... Uh, being able to give people perception, a different perception, a different view on things. And I also do it with myself. I'm, I'm very good in reframing. If there's something I don't succeed or <laughs> I didn't hit a goal, uh, I'll find a reason for it why it was. it's okay that, that I didn't hit a goal. So in that sense, I'm very kind to myself. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's... Yeah, it helps me a lot to reframe. I mean, I really can, like, for example, give a concrete example. Last year, I wanted to launch an online course. I did. I wanted it to be perfect in Kajabi, all in app, people could access it totally. I didn't hit that goal, but I did launch the online course. It was more a primitive way with webinars and that kind of stuff. And But I, I did hit the goal uh, because I didn't have huge um, money left over, you know, I, could not buy a Kajabi at the moment. I said, okay, I'll do it in Q1 2021. Then it's also fine, you know? So it made sense. I somehow make it make sense. I'm not too hard on myself. And I, th- and I think that's so important, right? Like, you know, is yeah. is it the end of the world that your first course is not going to be in your ideal dream platform? No. And the beautiful thing is the people who buy your course don't know what you have in your head. They're not comparing yeah. what you gave them to what your vision is or was. Absolutely. They don't know that. Very good point. Yeah. So it's, it's like literally uh, the Dutch have a beautiful phrase for this. It's between your ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, and it's very important because you somehow you think that people expect this because that's what you want to, to give them, right? I mean, that's your service. That's what you want them to experience ultimately. But they don't know yet that you're have this beautiful product in mind. So it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I think the most important thing for me, which is amazing and congratulations is that you launched the cause anyway yeah. and you, you know, you ran it and yeah, you know, you're, I'm sure you, you learned some lessons, which you will implement the next time around when you run it. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that's how I try to yeah, do it. 
I love that. And I think this is just such an important conversation. You know, I think we all struggle with these like perfectionism or like setting unrealistic goals and then being really disappointed and being hard on ourselves. As we wrap up this panel discussion, is there anything either of you would like to add to people who are in this state of constant overambition that comes around to bite them in the butt? Yeah, I've got a couple of things. So for me, one of the things that's maybe held me back in the past is just my ability to overthink things and procrastinate and, you know, wait until I had things 100% before I got going. And, you know, like I said earlier, I just, I would really encourage people to to get going. If you have 50% even, you know, 60, 75%, you know, go ahead and learn. And then, um, you know, the other thing that I would say is my big takeaway, or one of my biggest takeaways doing these things was when I did your um, micro launch method course, Maggie. And for me, that really just encouraged me to and showed me a nice stressless way of launching products and services without it being exhausting. And, you know, I can get things out into the market in a short amount of time and then, you know, just learn the lessons and then sort of reiterate and run another iteration. So, um, yeah, I would encourage people to to get out there and not hold themselves back. Do the thing. Love it. <laughs> How about you, Margaret? Final thoughts for people who are overly ambitious? Yeah, what helped me a lot is that I um, started to invest in products and programs before I actually had had the full income to do so. I mean, uh, but, but again, I kind of reframed it because it worked. Uh, it was kind of a double blessing. It 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 caused peace in my mind because I said, okay, if I want to launch at a certain moment this product, for example, the online course last year, I I know I have Maggie's program ready. It's in my it's already on my desktop. It's okay. I can use it. I can if tomorrow I think I want to go and run with it, I can because I have it at hand. I don't need to Google how do I launch it, blah blah. And um uh, secondly, yeah, I think it's important to trust the programs that are out there that can hugely benefit uh, and speed up processes like the like um automated processes on your website for selling things and um yeah use it to your advantage you might think in the beginning like another 500 or a thousand euros but um it's it's helpful to invest in a few key programs if you know you're serious because also the fact that you invested in it makes you motivating because you want to get <laughs> the investment back right? yeah i, mean, I want to make my money back <laughs> yeah i mean and it's fair and, and it, it you see how others are doing things it's it's professionalizing so it has a lot of benefits to yeah, learn from the programs that you buy yeah and use that. them right and use, use them use them that's yeah. a good one all right adana margaret thank you so much for being here for sharing your thoughts thanks bye. maggie thank you maggie bye. thank you adana bye-bye Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the MicroLaunch method, which is my flagship program on how to market and sell an offer in three weeks or less in a really simple way that's aligned to your strengths, your goals, and your personality, head on over to maggiegila.com forward slash MicroLaunch.